I'm Nick. And I'm Toby. We're the co-founders of Ask Us For Ideas, where we help the world's most ambitious businesses, large or small, new or established, to connect with a collection of the best and most exciting creative agencies from around the world. Being at the intersection of these brands and creative teams for the best part of a decade has allowed us to get to know some truly exceptional people. This podcast, Private Views, aims to shine a light on that. This season, we're back inside some of the industry's most revered creative studios, but we're also focusing in on the other side of the equation, their clients. We'll meet the enterprising and insightful business leaders that, brought together with these agencies, are reshaping or reinventing product categories, commerce, and brand. In this episode, we meet the co-founders of Montreal-based creative studio Wedge, Justin Lorty and Sarah Domenico. I think when it comes to aesthetic, I, there is like a conversation around, well, why should we go in one direction and another? And I think it is important to understand that moment in time for businesses, you know, because there are moments where you need to transform. Though they already boasted a robust list of international clients, the pandemic has had a silver lining. Being in Montreal, many potential clients previously gave preference to agencies with a presence in major hubs like New York or San Francisco. But no longer, remote working has opened new doors. Yet alongside remote work, they have also invested in a new bricks and mortar office. This one in the form of a house. A flexible space that will marry the best of their current, loft-style office with the benefits of working from home. And they also imagine it as a space to show off client collaborations to the public. Our producer, David Mitchell, spoke to Justin and Sarah about what it means for Wedge to become a destination, how they have been extending their work into new sectors and finding the balance between serendipity and planning. The beauty, if there's a beauty of the pandemic that happened, uh, in our experience, it like it didn't matter so much where we were located anymore. I think sometimes, especially when we were talking to potential clients on stateside, I don't know, there was just that barrier just evaporated and suddenly we started working with so many more U.S. clients. And I think they really loved the fact that we were based in Montreal because it was this combination of North American cultural understanding with a European sensibility, which is very rare. And so it's that sensitivity in our work, way of thinking, participating in culture that got people really interested. And it didn't matter if we couldn't meet at a physical location every couple weeks for a presentation. And, but, you know, I think what's really interesting is that, you know, as much of work is kind of becoming more remote. In fact, you've made a, a new investment in the business, which is very much uh, kind of focused on the physical and a, a kind of tangible uh, presence for Wedge. And I was wondering if maybe you could introduce that because it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, we're so excited uh, to work towards our new office, which is really inspired by home, which is the Wedge House. And as we were starting to think about coming back to work and all of that stuff and looking at our current offices, we were like, just get out a piece of paper (laughs) and draw your ideal future space. And what would that be like? And I think we were just inspired by the different ways of working from home. It's like 
Sometimes it's about the energy, like you want to work at a desk, you want to work by a window, you want to gather, sit on the floor around a coffee table, whatever. It was this providing a modularity and a flexibility. And I drew a house on a piece of paper and Justin was eating a turkey sandwich. And <laughs> over lunchtime, like on the real estate, you know, website, and he's like, I found your drawing. I'm like, what do you mean you found my drawing? And even for us, it was like, is this in the realm of possibility? But I kid you not, he literally found, I manifested this house. We went to see it. We put it in an offer. And it was just this instinctual feeling like, oh, this is so right for us and what we need to do. And I think the beauty of this is, you know, that in-person connection is still really important. I think to have a community space that our team is really proud of and that opens doors to new collaborations with, you know, people that we work with, restaurateurs that we work with, you know, do really interesting events, make products like Wedge House, I think. And even Wedge is like, you know, if I look into the future, well, why can't that be a brand? You know, like we work with people in furniture and beverage and CPG and all of these different spaces that we learn so much. And if we apply a new generation thinking to things, I think it's just another platform for us to create with, you know, with other people. And, you know, it was so interesting because as we were observing, you know, so many companies uh, deciding to close their office, go fully remote and, And although we've embraced even like the team, you know, we have someone based in Berlin, we have uh, people working uh, in Toronto as well. So like, even though the team is also expanding, it, it felt the natural answer was to actually not look in the immediate and look into the next couple of years and ask yourself, well, what will the world be in, in you know, 2025 or more? And and the, the physical manifestation of, you know, of the the wedge brand itself well it, it needed to have the wedge house it was like the best vision we could set for ourselves so i was just there this morning so that that's funny and it, it's a huge project you know you you always need to make choices of how you spend your energy but for us to dedicate that energy to bring this vision to life felt the natural way to to give that to the team, to nurture how we do creative projects, how we work as, as a team, even though it's going to be hybrid in the future, it seemed like having that kitchen, going there to, you know, even socialize, drink wine, having a backyard, having that, that experience is, is such a different way to nourish the way we work as a team. Cause, cause that's the other choice we do fundamentally, which is committing. Everyone's committing to each other as a, as a team, you know, we, we're not just like remote freelancers, like, you know, sporadically meeting. We're actually really, that's, that's part of the wedge culture now. Mm. Yeah. I wonder like when you think about wedge as, as the kind of branding business and wedge as a brand itself and wedge as a now also like a physical space, that's kind of something beyond just the office that you'd had, um, are those things like really compartmentalized or how do they kind of feed off of each other? I'm, I'm curious, like how it kind of transforms your own business to then think of yourself as a brand or transform your own business to think of yourself as a space or whatever. I would say it's a very interesting question, but I would say it's really fully integrated. Everything we do is 
very natural. Of course, there's a logical and strategic component to things, but there's a second brain component in things, which is more intuitive based and, you know, in your gut. You know, people are like, oh, why are you building a house in Montreal when you're expanding in Los Angeles? That seems counterintuitive, you know, but I think for us, it's like, no, there's, it makes sense to do that project here. Um, and the thing too, you know, Justin and I are partners in life and business, but Wedge is so removed in a personal sense. So I think for us, it's like, I don't, I don't see the difference between being a service company or a brand. Like we're all brands, are we not? We all participate in culture. We all communicate. Like we live in the world and participate in the world. So I don't know. I think it's just about whether I'm solving a problem for a client and for how they behave in the world, communicate others, treat others. Like what are the values you stand upon? I think we definitely apply that same methodology to ourselves and the wedge way of solving a brand strategy. Like we do that every single year or apply new learnings that we get every six months, whether it's from new clients, why they like to work with us, how we can iterate. And yeah, we're just so inspired by the world we live in. And so I think the things that we create and do and talk about are just in response to that constant evolution. Mm. And it's so interesting because the house is also such a playground for experimentation. And I think it was the, that was the meaning we were searching for to also bring to life these ideas. And just for example, I, I always loved how, <laughs> I just thought of why I wanted to do a, the wedge uh, atelier jacket, you know, and I always like how Massimo Vignelli, they, only in their Italian office, not in the U.S., because it felt a little strange, but they all had like this nice like lab coat, you know, because it was way more physical and painting and drawing. But, you know, for in the same train of thought, it was like, well, yeah, what are the what are the things that needs to be part of the wedge experience? You know, and like, yeah, maybe it's a it's a piece of clothing or maybe it's more in the food and beverage. These are all things that are extension of what we create in partnership with our clients and that we can also apply to ourselves. I think it's also nice, like this idea of being a part of something, you know? So even for our team, they're not, you're not just, you know, coming to work every day, like, oh, to just do work and churn it in and out. I think, no, 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 like we're a part of something. We're joining people with great ambitions, whether it's legacy companies or it's new generation founders to put better things, messages, products, services out in the world. And we're very intentional about who we choose to join forces with, you know, like I, I don't just want to work with someone who sees a business opportunity and wants to make a, a ton of money. And so they start like yet another functional beverage company that may or may not actually work for someone, you know. Uh, but because I think also when you choose to work at a very human scale, like we're a team of just over a dozen at the moment. And it's that is very intentional, too. You know, like we're a group of people who came from global agencies and design consultancies. 
we chose to work on a more intimate scale with partners, I think, for a reason. It's like you want to work on more things that matter, gain an intimacy to solve a problem and join those people who know that like, you know, the codes of the categories. You've done this so many times, but like, do we have 5% or 10% to do something very special? And like in our world, I'm like, everything can be special, everything. There, there's like, there's so much excitement and curiosity. Like if it's laundry detergent, new generation parenting, like, I don't know, a more sustainable way to do delivery transportation. Like I'm so in for that. It's just a matter of time of connecting with the right human, amazing humans, like to do those things. So yeah, like that's my brand. That's the community that I'm building. So everyone who's a part of that, you know, spirit, like welcome to the Wedge House. Let's go. <laughs> and Sarah is so right. And I, I always like to say that like I, you know, like people were so about like disruption a couple of years ago. And I, I'm more about like, no, you should just be pleasantly surprised. That is like such a great emotion. And, <laughs> and I think. I think it's that five, 10% special that we're always trying to bring. And that, that really drives us forward. And even through some of the, you know, packaging work that we happened to enter the, the, the world of packaging a few years ago. And that was the thing that surprised me the most is how people were delighted to bring these things in their daily lives. And it was just bringing so much joy and so much like, just like a natural, simple, uh, joy making everyday life a little bit better so like even even that started to shape the direction we took in our philosophy around design and projects do you see other do you see brands or like the work of other agencies kind of like trying to appear as like disruptive brands but really they're kind of like in line with everything else or it's at the it's to the detriment of the actual product or the experience or you know i'm just wondering like in a, in a world in a world and a culture that that is so kind of like keenly um uh, keen to disrupt like is is that like a good thing or is or not it's such an interesting question because disrupt the status quo was such a thing in big advertising, but it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, are, are we just doing this for the sake of being loud? Like, I think it's more about like listening, like let's listen, let's pay attention. Let's dive deep into who we are, you know, our consumer, our, the culture around us to really come to a solution that is authentic and feels natural to us and that can still be special and that still carves out like air quotes a disruptive space but yeah i think sometimes like just to be disruptive is like well is that enduring and and we've seen the effect of that i remember being at south by southwest when they're launching all these electric scooters and it's like the the tech method when you apply it to the physical world can be like crazy like and then you know the year later you see all these in china all these like piles and piles and graveyards of scooters because it's anyway it didn't necessarily work out but yeah i think we're also entering a time where 
there is more consciousness, there is more sustainability. No one's perfect, but I think everyone's trying to figure out at least like a slightly better way to do something. And that's already a better step. So I think we're maybe also entering a time where, you know, there's there's such a sea of sameness in terms of products. It's so easy to manufacture. It's been, there's just been so many of the same things that now well, why launch another something if there's already that something out there like what's the purpose what's the matter and and i think that's where um maybe like to the word disruption it's more about well how can we actually build more of a positive build up and like and maybe that's where the the language become interesting more in terms of i would say bringing that positive impact instead i, I don't know if that makes sense but yeah but focusing more on what's true beyond a disruptive smoke and mirrors. And I think sometimes like the world of branding maybe gets lost in like aesthetics, but yeah, that that's a really important component of something, but it's not everything that makes a brand. You say like brands often kind of get lost in aesthetics. Like, would you take on a client if they just wanted a makeover basically, or do you feel like you need something that's a little bit grittier than that? Yeah, I love a new outfit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> clients also have great teams. So maybe they really know who they are, you know, and maybe that's really clear. And so like, yeah, like, let's try to architect that new outfit to really communicate who you are inside. For sure. I'm down. Yeah. Yeah. But I think where aesthetic plays a role, it's also like, and for us, that's also equally important you know because yeah it it is a huge part because it's the emotional connection you have with the work with the product with the company but it's not about oh like just oh yeah of course we can change the outfit but i think it's important to understand why and i think that's honestly like that alignment is so important especially since we're not a aesthetic like driven by one style or one trend or one thing where you know we have our methodologies we have ways we have our own sensitivities also probably influenced by where we are in the world but but that doesn't mean that uh there's only one way to do things and i think when it comes to aesthetic there is like a conversation around well why should we go in one direction or another and i think it is important to understand that moment in time for businesses you know because there are moments where you need to transform just just to be in the era or in the just to be in current uh but there are also moments where your your company has gone in such a new direction that your outfit doesn't fit anymore so it's, uh-huh. yeah now you guys have done a lot of work like in beverages and certainly lots of packaging and i know you're like you have been kind of broadening out um your portfolio that, that that sounds so sounds so superficial, but you've been kind of like reaching into new industries a lot with your with your work, um, which I think is a challenge that a lot of agencies um, have, which is they kind of get known for something that's very easy to kind of have that incoming business kind of sustain you and maybe even distract you from kind of where you want to go. Um, so I'm just wondering, kind of like, what were your what how have you been? doing this how have you been kind of finding new spaces for yourself you know when we started doing packaging i mean you know it's important to always try new things and when we start i started venturing into the packaging what became interesting is that we realized that 
it was such an interesting way to combine many of the things we liked. And by that, I mean, there was an object, but behind that, the, what was the strategy? What was the purpose? Then what was its outfacing or outward facing communications? What was the visual universe around it? And then what's the website? And then what's the social? And all of a sudden we saw these projects as such an amazing way to think of a brand experience that went way beyond whatever pack or object that was at the core of it. And so, and I think that's where it ties back to both my experience and Sarah's previous experience in her life where Sarah has been, and you should speak about that for yourself, Sarah, but um, you know, when I, I was more focused on the brand and design side, Sarah came with all the, the advertising, the communication, the copywriting, the strategic thinking and combining that into these initial packaging projects started to bring the, the brand experience. And I think that's what we started doing for all kinds of companies in the recent years. Mm -hmm. And just because you work on a beverage brand, for, for sure, it's going to attract others. But I think people are, there are a lot of people who are attracted by the way we solve a problem more so than mm. it just being like a one-for-one one bev to bev or CPG, CPG kind of thing. You know, there might be an insight. They're like, oh, I just love the way these people think or a sensitivity or, you know, kind of bringing a new aesthetic into a space. And I think, it, you know, it was through some of our bev work that we started working with uh, the great team at Vacation you know, based in Miami and this like incredible packaging family for a new generation, internet driven sunscreen company. So yeah, you never know. And I, I think again, it just comes back to organically allowing things to unfold. And again, it's, it's not that you're, you know, we do a lot of Bev and like, I, I don't like using the word expert because I think it's impossible for one person to know absolutely everything. But yeah, I think it's the way you solve a problem that could attract people in different spaces. And, and I think that that is true for Wedge somehow, that we seem to be working with clients in, in all kinds of different spaces. I remember in, a, in the previous conversation we had, I, I forget who said it, but someone said, you know, you thought of targets as, as kind of toxic. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because so many businesses, of course, are completely, um, you know, have their blinders on and are really focused, you know, surgically on kind of achieving something um, in particular. Um, but yet, you know, uh, you, you obviously like a, um, a business that takes takes kind of like clear and decisive action. For example, Wedge House, which is, you know, big and, and, and um, kind of unique investment. Um, so just wondering like how you, how you balance those things, like just kind of, um, you know, uh, letting kind of the universe show you it's, you know, it's path for you, but also kind of being really decisive, knowing when to act, like staying focused. Where's the, balance there yeah i mean i don't want to give the impression that we're like airy fairy doing juju dances and allowing <laughs> the magic of the universe to like <laughs> control the course of our business yeah i mean i'm spiritual i like a mushroom every now and then but like you know like there we also like 
We also are very <laughs> entrepreneurial and business driven and we build a village around us of various coaches who, you know, like help us flex in different areas. So there is strategy behind the scenes. Like we're very good with numbers and all of those things and we get it locked down very tight, but we can't allow that to put blinders on and prevent us from being open to the future of not knowing what might come. And I think it's all being, it's being about, being prepared for those moments to know, you know, when to jump and when to act. Like, I think we do the work behind the scenes, maybe in that more traditional sense to be ready to jump on those moments. And we're also not afraid of like reaching out to others in a very genuine manner of being like, oh my God, like, that's so cool what you're doing. I'm so into that. And just doing it in a way that's very real. You know, like we don't have salespeople at Wedge. I don't have a new business development person. When I think about that type of person who's usually like an older dude from an ad agency, you know, whose like job it was to like cruise and schmooze. I'm like, that's just not who I am. And I would get so anxious about like, oh, okay, I have a business now. Like I have to do that. And I'm just like, it's just so not me. So I think if you like remove the pressure, the, that traditional idea of something and just like, oh no, like it's just about building relationships. It's like, well, I know how to do that and operate in a way that's like very genuine and natural. And so mm -hmm. I think part of being like a new generation brand firm is leaning into that different style and methodology too. Because I'll tell you something, like we care, like we really give a shit. So when I'm in a situation like meeting a founder or a VP marketing or a CEO, it's like, I'm so all in in that moment with you, you know, like for really genuine reasons. And if that human chemistry is there, it's like, ah, oh, it's just another amazing layer. You know, mm -hmm. we're not just there to like do the razzma, razzmatazz jazz hands and tell you about how cool Wedge is, like I'm touching this work and I'm so excited yeah. to dive in. And yeah, it's so true. And to your question, like in terms of targets, it's, it's funny because relating to what Sarah's saying, I think what we're trying to look at is more of a sustainable growth, but more in terms of human, in terms of what are like, you know, I was just asking this morning, what are the metrics? still that we are actually setting up as a success matrix for ourselves. And I think what we've observed is even during the pandemic, I mean, this industry is like, you know, the, the marketing, the design, all these industries, they're, they're booming. Like there's a lot of demand. And I think what's been the challenge is actually to think in terms of growth, what that meant for us. Um, and one of the answer was not to grow at all costs, not to grow to just you know, increase the top line and reduce the bottom line and, uh, you know, just bring in jobs, bringing more people and then just feed the machine. Like, I think we really ask ourselves, well, why, what are we going towards to? And I think one of the answer is actually, and that, that's where choo choosing the right partner to, to work with, as Sarah was saying, because we actually truly care. People came to us in the past for certain reasons and they will continue for the same reasons in the future. So, what is the value also of the quality of a relationship, quality of work, quality of 
working hours at Wedge, you know, like we don't work on weekends, we don't work late. Um, so all of these things combined actually are part of what we consider also to be a successful uh, target, actually. But to, in order to achieve it, and that's where I was telling you that metaphor of we, we, have, we actually have to walk slower sometimes to look around and be more aware of these opportunities and aware of what's happening versus bulldozing towards just like increasing growth at all costs, especially as an entrepreneur, you know, you have to follow intuitions too. And that's a harder language to rationalize sometimes, but I think you really need to develop that skill as well to connect with clients and with people and with all these opportunities that arise. We also don't want to force anything, you right. know, like that sucks. Like think about dating, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like forcing a date. Ooh, no, 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 not for us. Um, I also wanted to ask you about your name because I know there's like a little bit of a misconception about what it means, because I think that it's been like interpreted as having a little bit of an industry meaning um, as in kind of like getting between two things, but that's, that's not where it comes from. So maybe you can <laughs> clarify for us. Yeah. It's funny when we meet like industry people are like wedge, so strategic, you get right in there between the solution and the problem. And we're like, that is so not where it came. <laughs> that's so not where our head was at. Um, but no, it's actually named after a glacier Wedge Mount in British Columbia. And it's, I mean, it's de definitely related to Justin's story and how he came to found the company. So I, I think it's best told in your words. <laughs> well, you know, like when I named Wedge a few years ago, it was a few years after consulting, freelancing for entrepreneurs. And, and yeah, I was doing a traverse on Wedge Mount Glacier. And I think that was the spark of revelation and that's the moment wedge was born in my mind which was this desire to come back to montreal and truly establish a new practice because i i had this moment of freedom and inspiration over there and i i love mountaineering i'm i love rock climbing i'm there's all these things that drives me forward in life and i i thought like you know if i come back to montreal after a trip like that like there's just I just saw such a, a gap in, in Canada in the world I was like I'm not gonna go work in London I'm not necessarily gonna go work in in New York I, I just felt there was so much opportunity to bring back to the Montreal culture and and I think the idea of Wedge was born in this kind of true moment of inspiration at the summit <laughs> <laughs> very good great thank you both so much all right thanks David That was producer David Michon speaking to Justin Lorty and Sarah DiDomenico, co-founders of Wedge. A big thank you from myself, Nick and Toby, for listening. Thank you also to Sean Crook for editing this episode and to George Grinling for the theme music. To find other episodes, search for Private Views wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more about Alfie, please visit our website, aufi.com. We're also on social media channels using the handle Ask Us for Ideas. And finally, please do share and rate this episode and subscribe to Private Views so you'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. Until next time. <laughs>